Helen Berhani was imprisoned and tortured in Eritrea because of her faith in Jesus. While confined to a metal shipping container, she discovered that singing worship to the Lord completely changed the way she viewed her situation. It also made a big impression on those guarding her. They, they say, what is this? Inside the metal shipping container, sing. But they know the military, before they go to war, they sing. They know the power of song. So it's very powerful. When you go to war, you need to sing and to win. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. You're going to want to get a cup of coffee and pull up a chair and spend the next half hour with us. Uh, We have a special guest today, and we commonly have amazing believers here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Uh, But this is, I think, going to be an extra special half hour. And so, uh, like I say, pull up a chair, get a cup of coffee, sit down and and really soak in the story. Our guest today is Helen Berhane. Helen is a worship leader and a gospel singer from the nation of Eritrea. In fact, she is a former prisoner for Christ in the nation of Eritrea. And we're going to hear her story. We're going to talk about the faithfulness of God, even in a shipping container in Eritrea, and I think you're going to be quite inspired by her story. Helen, such a blessing to have you here. Welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about 2002, the governor of Eritrea all of a sudden closes all the evangelical churches. They just, they call in the pastors, they have a meeting, and they say, okay, you're not allowed anymore. You're not allowed to have public worship services as a Christian in Eritrea, as a member of one of those churches, how did how did you respond to that? How did the churches kind of process that fact that, okay, last Sunday we were allowed to have services, now it's illegal? By 2002, I was a member of uh, the Rema Church, which um, at that time was the largest Pentecostal church in Asmara. So to suddenly to shut down this kind of activity for us, it's... Uh, totally shock. In February 2004, I was um, teaching a group of around 90 young people when the police raided house at the, around 2 a.m. Most of them were totally drunk. They beat us severely uh, on our hands with a stick before taking us to the police station. So the next day, we were taken to Adabito prison there was um, when the church woman had been arrested for elsewhere. So I have been there for three weeks. It's, it's very hard to see the young people, how they suffer, how they torture them. Even I saw people deported from Malta. They cry, shout in the night because they have pain. Also, they have small solitary confinements. They put people there. So I have been in that Adabito military prison three weeks without any rest. 
So it's sad to see young people, instead of studying, working, getting married, to have a child, they spend for many years in military. So it's so hard. I don't know. People are silent, but for me, it's to see this kind of thing, young people suffering, dying, torturing, and uh, yeah, for me, it's very hard in that uh, area. You really did make a conscious effort to prepare yourself for persecution. What, what were some of the things that you did to get ready to face persecution? Yeah, because when Ethiopia government had been president in Eritrea, so at that time, the Eritrean people, they pray a lot for freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we get freedom, even without any war, they came without any war. So people, instead of worshiping God, they start worshiping the government. I'm shocked everybody go outside just for four days, five days. People die because of running on the street or shooting to the air, so they die. But no war. God gave us the country without any war. So when people worshiping the government, I'm not comfort, totally. So I have different kind of view about that. Instead of worshiping God, instead of say thank you to God, people, they are worshiping the government. So many days I have been at home. Please forgive those people instead of worshiping you. I'm thinking when we get free, People run to the church. Right. But the, totally... Our, our prayers have been answered. Yes. We need to go to the church yeah. and praise the Lord. But at that time, yeah, nobody. So I'm very disappointed and I say, oh, forgive them. So I can feel, I can feel how yeah, people give uh, their back to God. That's why I understand I start prepare myself. Also huge mega church at that time. So people jumping, worshiping. So I'm saying, if the one guard came in inside the church, if they're asking, if, did you stand in faith or not? So who can stand always? I'm worried about that. Because my prisonment start before the church closed. So I can feel it. Mm-hmm. You knew it was What's coming. happening, yeah. And as you were thinking about suffering persecution, and you kind of saw it coming, were there particular passages of Scripture or verses that you kept going back to to kind of strengthen yourself and prepare yourself for for those hard days? Yeah, actually, <clears throat> from uh, Roman 1.16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So when I start ministering on the street, in hospital, in everywhere, just I bring my Bible, always I proclaim, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. It's not my power. So he created me to worship him. He created me to tell others not to stay in the church the whole my life. Just go out and give testimony, save people from darkness to, to the light. That is our calling. So always I need to uh, know him more. Christianity, it's not stuck in one 
just always I need more. So that's why I use the word of God. So I go outside and preaching the gospel without any fear. You At that time, were you kind of living in hiding or were you still operating out openly as far as your your work? No, you can't do it uh, openly. Just it's real underground. I have been in underground teaching young people around one month in the night. So I don't know how they found because they follow me. So at that time, yeah, they torture me a lot because they have been totally drunk. So they took us to police. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Helen Berhane. She is a worship leader and a former prisoner for Christ in Eritrea. She's also the author of a book called Song of the Nightingale. If you will come to vomradio.net, we'll give you a link to order a copy of her book. Helen, you mentioned the fact that they arrested you. They took you to the police station. They were torturing you. What was going on spiritually during that time? Did did you sense God's presence? Did you sense him helping you, assisting you? Just kind of tell us what, what was in your spirit when that was happening. Inside the prison, it's not only they took me to police prison. I was tortured severely. The prison condition is totally poor. They don't give you anything as a woman. Also, the prison is from bad to worst all the time. Uh, I have been in solitary confinement. I have been with mental ill women for 10 months. Also, always kind of torture. But with this all thing, it helped me to be close to God, to know him more. So this difficulty, they push you to, to know him more, how he suffer, because Jesus suffered more than anybody. I bring all the time my cross, because if you follow Jesus, you need to deny yourself. You can't do two things at the same time. So always, when I was in prison, I pray three times in the day, three times in the night. There is not enough food, but I fast a lot. Just I mention that because to discipline myself, not to change the situation, but to discipline myself. So we fast a lot. Even last time there was one woman, she had been for four months in prison. She told me, Helen, do you remember you gave us your food for two months? She saw me, I gave them my, my food. When he, she said that, so I say, thank you, Jesus. You teach me to taking care of others. Two months, I gave my food. And so it's kind of, I'm, I'm happy to walk the, with God. Also to see this kind of hardship and to worship in the middle of that. Doesn't help to cry. We need to read our Bible properly because if you see Joshua and Caleb, the others ten, they cry and they cry themselves and they go to with bad news to the people, people crying. And they say, when we saw them, we are like grasshoppers. 
But the other side, they say, um, Joshua and Caleb, yeah, they are big, so we eat them. That's good. <laughs> so that is my uh, understanding in Christianity. I don't need to cry. I cry because of the love of God, how he, he loved me, he died for me, how he's such a loving God. So I cry sometimes when I worship, but I'm not crying because why you did this for me? So he can't do bad things for us. He loves us until this. So I have a different kind of understanding about Jesus, how he protects, and so it's not necessary to cry. You need to, to know him more, and uh, you are the winner if you are from the king's side. So nobody elects you. I'm from the king's side, so if it's president, people elect him, but nobody can elect you. I'm from the king's side. If my father is king, I'm also king. So I, I, don't, I didn't know, I don't want to worry. He know me more than I know myself. He's taking care of me more than I taking care of myself. He know what I need. If he want me to pass through that exam, if he won't ed- educate me by that way, I will go. But the result is amazing. So that's why I give my testimony because I saw him in my life. People say, she's dying. They cry, shout. I don't know how I <laughs> uh, rise up again. It's a miracle. But the only thing I know even though it's hard, they torture me until death. But I know how God, he can raise the dead. So the result is amazing. I'm hearing this as a comfortable American Christian who's never been locked in a shipping container. Did you have? Did that come naturally, or did you have to think about that and make a decision? I, even though this is an awful place and it's filthy, dirty, and it's nasty, and they're torturing me, even though all this bad stuff is going on, I'm still going to praise the Lord. I'm still going to be thankful. Did you kind of think through that, or did it just rise up out of you naturally? I think this is for every Christian people, because we are different, like disciples. Some of them, they behide. Some of them, they put them in oil or like Peter, uh, upside down. or So if we are disciples of Christ, even though it's kind of different, but we, we, are, we, we must know when you follow Jesus, there is persecution. Even if you go in America, if you start teaching in your job place, so you can't say there is no persecution. So if you keep silent, you didn't tell them for 10 years, those people working with you. So how do you get per- persecuted? Persecution is different. So we need to tell about Jesus. So for me, I understand Christianity is just to tell about Jesus. So if it's come difficulty, you need to pray and read your Bible and also for silent time. Silent time not to ask if, you, if I am not going through that, it, ca- it can't happen. No, we can't say that. Just we need to know why we are passing through that. So we need time to have for silent time, for reading Bible time and prayer time. So I think this is a normal Christian life. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Helen Berhane. She is a former prisoner for Christ in the nation of Eritrea. 
one of the things, Helen, that, that you did, even in a shipping container, locked in a, in a shipping container in the dark, you chose to sing. Now, you've been writing songs since you were 14. This is, is a part of who you are. But what was the power of singing in that situation and raising a voice of praise to the Lord in song? Yeah, because it's uh, biblical, like in Act uh, sixteen twenty five, Paul and Silas, when they put them in prison, they start singing. So they are good model for us. We can learn from them. So when I was in prison, just worshiping, just it's kind of it's give you strength. Also, when you sing, which means it's heavy stone in the head of Satan. Because he put you in this kind of thing. When you start worshiping, he's shocked. So, but people, they don't understand. When something happened, they close their door and cry. So if you cry, he came with other file. Oh, I know the hole. So he come with other kind of thing. Or you repeat the same exam. Mm-hmm. But when you start worshiping God, the atmosphere is amazing. Also open heaven. So it's totally no space for Satan to attack you again and again. And not only was Satan shocked, the guards were shocked that, that you're in the shipping yeah, container singing. Yeah. How, what was their response? Wow, yeah. They, they say, <laughs> what is this? Inside the metal shipping container, sing. But they know the military. Before they go to war, they sing. They know the power of... Of song. Song. So uh, it's very powerful. When you go to war, you need to sing and to win. Also, the, when the dog barks, if you bark, you can't win. Even though it's bark, you need to go straight. So Christianity is just to go straight, not to cry and to think. As I gave you the example about uh, Joshua and Caleb, they are not crying. They say, oh, they are big. We need to think positive because we are in God's protection. So just to sing and to win, that is my Christian life until now. And I think about the verse that says he inhabits the praise of his people. So literally he lives in your praises, even inside a shipping container. Uh, and like you say, just drowns out everything else. The guards tried to get you to stop singing. Yeah. What did you tell them? Yeah, but finally they allowed me because they know. I, we can't stop her. We no. might as well deal with it. Yeah, they know They know who, f- uh, fear or not, everybody know. <laughs> so you, we need to stand by faith. That's why, as I mentioned today in the uh, book of Daniel, Sidrach, Misach, Abdenego, they stand by faith not to back down on the statue. So King Kodonats are his shock because they throw them on the fire. But he's so far. <laughs> he's asking, we, we, isn't it we throw three people? I saw one in the middle of them. So when you are in difficult times, so if you stand by faith, so Jesus Christ starts walking inside the fire. So you don't have to worry. doesn't matter if they put you in fire. So you'll be 
okay, like gold. You test gold by fire, so after that to shine. So when, the, when our lives, we need to shine, so we need to go through the fire. What, what was the, the hardest time or the lowest point during your, during your imprisonment? What was the hardest thing to try to get through? Yeah, the hard thing is to stay for 10 months with my mental ill woman. Now they, and just for our listeners, what they did is they locked Helen in a shipping container with a woman who was badly mentally ill and, and off of her medication. And so she would attack Helen. She would scream and shout at all hours of the day and night. So how did you, Helen, how did you get through those 10 months? First, when she tortured me, pulled my hair, or many things. So I say, God, what can I learn from this? Because you can't ask God why you did this for me. He's such a loving God. That's why he died on the cross. So it's very silly to ask this kind of question. But I'm saying, what can I learn from this? So it's come word from Abraham. Abraham, he traveled from Philistine to Moria to sacrifice Isaac. He decided to sacrifice his own son. So why not um, sacrifice my comfort zone? So I decide to stand by faith. Doesn't matter what it costs. Because everything costs you price. When you buy a bread, it costs you price. When you buy a car, it costs you price. Also, when you follow Jesus, it costs you price. Everything costs price. So just I stand by faith, doesn't matter when she pull my hair or beat me, you can't sleep with this woman. Also, uh, when it's come it's kind of menstrual cycle, she can't take care of herself. So she jump all over our clothes, everything. So it was very hard. Just I stand by faith until... 10 months, so after that, they remove her from that area. So even though it's a hard situation, you don't need to jump out. You need to stay. Sometimes it's hurt, like you fried like in the oil. But the result is everybody can eat this um, good chips <laughs> or <laughs> fried. <laughs> Otherwise, if you are not cooked very well, so nobody can eat. So Christianity is, even though it's so hot or something, you need to stand. But people, they appreciate if somebody is big preacher or something. Oh, I, I need to be like him. But people, they don't want pass through what they are passing through in their lives. So it's easy to stand in the stage. <laughs> but you need to know what they are passing through in their lives. Helen Berhane has been encouraging us to do whatever God has put in front of us without complaining for His glory. She's a worship leader and a gospel singer from the nation of Eritrea, and it's clear from that story her idea of worship isn't about being on stage or being in the spotlight. She sang to the Lord while imprisoned in a shipping container for 10 months. Stories like this one can have a huge effect on you and me each day as we go through our day and the challenges that we face. 
Will we complain about our circumstances when things don't go our way? Or like Helen, will we have a heart that focuses on the Lord and worships him? You can hear more stories like this that will set your heart on what God is doing around the world and make you appreciate the freedom that you enjoy. Visit our online archive of every single episode of The Voice of the Martyrs Radio at vomradio.net. Again, that website, vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to hear part two of Helen Berhane's story. She had read in the Bible that she was called to love her enemies and to forgive those who persecuted her. In that shipping container, beaten to the point where she couldn't even walk, she had to decide, did she really believe what God said about loving her enemies? Hear her powerful answer to that question next week, right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.